Amen. We're tired this morning. That's okay. Hey, listen, um, it wasn't until college that I really started working out for working out sake. I, 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 I came to this realization after I started uh, gaining a little bit of weight um, that because I wasn't playing high school sports anymore that, 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 I, that I was going to have to find something else to keep the LBSs off of me. And so I started working out. And part of working out, um, you got to do a little bit of research, right? Like, like what kind of working out do you want to do? Do you want to do cardio and, and kind of get your endurance up? Do you want to do strength training and kind of start building building some muscle mass? Do you want to do, you, and, and one of the other parts of working out is your diet, right? Like, like how are you eating? Because what you eat affects uh, affects different processes and different chemical levels in your body. Do you want to eat like a, a, a really fatty diet so that you can get those healthy burning fats in your diet? Do you want to be eating a lot of carbs, carb loading so that you can go do long endurance sprints, stuff like that? Uh, do you want a, a protein heavy diet, right? These are kind of the, the three building blocks of diet. But, but, but regardless, when I started um, on this workout journey in college, I was thinking about what, what I was going to be doing. And, and as I was working out, what was I going to be working out with? Was I going to do like kettlebell workouts? Was I going to do dumbbell workouts? Was I going to do machine workouts? Was I going to do free weight workouts? Was I going to do mostly like cardio, like treadmill, elliptical, rowing workouts? What, what was I going to be working out with? What was I going to be working out with so that I could train my physical body? What were the instruments? What was the attitude? What was the diet that I was going to take that I would work out so that I could get the results that I was hoping to see? If you've been here with us over the past couple of weeks, you know that we've been in this series in the book of Philippians. And... Um, as we've been studying this book of Philippians, we've been uh, just kind of tracking with Paul as he's expressing his joy uh, for the Philippian church. And, and we get to this moment in today's text where he tells us what uh, the Philippian church is supposed to work out with. They're not, he's not talking to them about working out their bodies. He's talking to them about working out their salvation. And he gives them these two things that, that they should be working out their salvation with that I kind of want us to focus in on this morning to, so that you can do a little bit of a diagnostic test in your own spiritual journey and ask, is this the way that I'm working out my salvation? Is this the way that I'm working out what Jesus has done in my life? Has Jesus done anything in my life that I then can work out with? And so this morning, if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, my title this morning will be With and Without. With and Without from Philippians chapter 2. Last week, Paul uh, wrote in, in Philippians chapter 2 that, that, that we should have this mind among ourselves that is yours in Christ Jesus. And he goes on this beautiful expose of, of what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and above heaven and on the earth and under the earth that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then, and then we get to to verse 12 in chapter 2, and it starts by saying, therefore, and if you've been around the church a long time, maybe you've heard a pastor or a preacher say, whenever you see the word therefore, you need to ask, what's the therefore, therefore, right? That's kind of a funny thing to say. What's the therefore, therefore? Well, the therefore is for us to tune in, because what Paul is getting ready to say is, because Jesus is Lord, because at his name every knee will bow and tongue confess, this is what you should do. And this is what he says, therefore, my beloved... This is in Philippians 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, 
So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation, here it is, with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And then verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Again, my title for this morning's message is with and without. Because Paul says that we're supposed to work out our salvation with something. He says we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. Why? Because the God of the entire universe, the God who spoke and all things that are came into existence, the God who defeated sin and Satan and death and hell and any of the attacks of the enemy, the God who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you, that you might be saved from the sins that you commit, from the punishment that you rightfully deserve. That God is working in you. He is a holy God. The Bible says that He is a jealous God. He is a consuming fire. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm in the presence of a consuming fire, that might be, that might be a moment where I might have some fear and trembling. Because what's before me just consumes everything in its presence. And if I'm in the presence of that, then surely it will consume me, right? Work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Now that might be kind of confusing. Work out my salvation. What do you mean by that, Jackson? Does that mean that... That, that I attain my salvation? Does that mean that, that based on my working, based on my actions, that's how I become saved? No, not at all. Because what Paul's doing is he's doing a little play on words here, right? Because he says, work out your own salvation. But then he continues in verse 13 when he says, uh, for it is God who works in you. So you're working out your salvation because God is already doing a work in your life. And then I love what he says as he finishes that verse, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, how beautiful and sweet is it to know that it is God's pleasure to work in your life. The same God who, who when Moses approaches him, is told to take off his sandals for this is holy ground. And Moses falls flat on his face because he understands that he is in the presence of the almighty God of the universe. The same God who, who when Elijah goes before him in his dream says, Woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And he falls down on his face in worship. This same God takes pleasure in working in your life. So why don't you go to him? Why don't you run to him? Why don't you fall on your face at his feet before the throne of grace where he's just constantly pouring out his grace and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness in your life for all the boneheaded things that you do? Why do we run away? Come. 
God takes pleasure in working in your life. God takes pleasure in working in your life. So work out what God is working in. Work out what God is working in. God has already began a good work in your life, so now it is your responsibility to work out what he's already started working in. So that's what we're supposed to work out with, with fear and trembling. What are we supposed to work without? Well, he says in verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I remember one time um, I went on a vacation. It was right when I turned... um, maybe 19, I think, Uh, me and my family, we went to Sanibel Island in Florida. It was the worst vacation of my life. Um, We got there, and it was raining. It was like cold and raining. Middle of the summer in Florida, it was cold and raining, and it, 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 like, the sun never came out all week. I was so confused. The sun never, like, you go to Florida to be in the sun, and we went to Florida to be in the sun, and the sun didn't come out one stinking time. It was so annoying. Then we were told, oh, you guys should go over to this little island because you're going to find, like, huge conch shells, you know, like the, the massive shells. We, like, found dust, like, like halves of, like, the teeny tiny little clam shells is what we found. It was so embarrassing. It was the worst vacation. We went to this restaurant. I remember it was for my dad's birthday, and I was just being a total, like, turd and because, because I was just grumbling and complaining about everything. Like, for some reason, I'm 21 years old. I'm there on vacation. My parents are paying for everything, and I'm complaining about how expensive it is. A What? Like, they're, they're, I don't have to pay for anything, but I'm complaining about how expensive the shrimp appetizer is. I remember this was just the worst thing, and I just complained, and I complained, and I complained, and I complained the whole time. And you know what it got me? It got me the worst vacation of my life. Like, me complaining didn't get me anywhere. You complaining doesn't get you anywhere. When you complain about doing your chores, does that get you anywhere? No. You complaining about having to do homework, does that get you anywhere? No, because guess what? Either you're going to do your homework and do well in school, or you're not, and you're going to fail, and that's going to be even more embarrassing. So why do we complain? Paul says, work out without complaining and disputing. And I think this is a really important word for us this morning. Without disputing, without arguing, If the Holy Spirit is living inside of you because you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've surrendered your life to Him, then you are supposed to be a part of one body. You are supposed to be a part of one family. You are supposed to be a part of the bride of Christ. And there is nothing more destructive to the body and the family and the bride of Christ than two Christians who can't get along, who let their own opinions and their own perspectives and their own outlooks continue to dominate their life and, beca- and cause division in the church. What Paul's saying is he's saying, do this without grumbling and complaining. Why? Because you're supposed to be the light of the world. You are a, re- a reflection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ right now is ruling and reigning at the right hand of God where he will one day come back to judge the living and the dead. And between now and then, you are supposed to be the light of the world. You are supposed to be the salt of the earth. You are supposed to be the reflection of the Almighty mighty God. And so when you argue and when you complain, what you're saying is this is what God's like. He's up there just complaining. He's up there just, oh man, I wish they wouldn't do that. They're stupid. They're dumb. They just can't figure this out. And that's not our God. 
Our God is one who rejoices, who takes pleasure in working in your life, who pursues you at all costs, who will leave the 99 to come after the one, who says, I see you in the midst of your sin. I see you in the midst of your struggles, and I love you even still so much that I'll die for you. And so you're grumbling, and you're complaining, and you're arguing. What is that doing? Except giving our God a bad name. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling, is what Paul says. With fear and with trembling before an almighty God who is a consuming fire, a jealous God, and yet despite being that, pursued you at all costs. Because he loves, he delights in you being delighted. He takes pleasure in you experiencing pleasure. He loves when you experience his love. He is a God who is always working on your behalf. That's the kind of God he is. But we're supposed to do that without complaining and grumbling so that we can rightly reflect to this world who so desperately needs Jesus, who our God is and what he's like. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I pray right now as we break into our groups that we would continue the conversation, that we would be transparent and honest in the ways that we've fallen short of your glory, that we would confess our sins and in so, be, so doing be restored. We would find freedom in the gospel. We would find deliverance in your name. We would find application from your word so that we can know what it means to really step into this world that needs you and be the light of the world that you've called us to be. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. You are dismissed.